Hello and welcome to the coolest kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host, Brock Wilbur. And today we're also doing another solo one. Um, so if you're still looking for guests, just pretend pretend you're having a just pretend you're at a party and like two people are talking and you keep trying to butt into the conversation, but you don't really have anything to add, and you could be the third guest. I keep picturing it as more of a, a GameStop. <laughs> I, we 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 just keep pushing back my friend who's going to come explain hot snakes at us uh, like in a GameStop. <laughs> hot snakes. Hot snakes. Um, Wait, do look forward to this one. My friend Robbie Carroll is going to be a great guest. That'll be our next episode. We've been we've been pushing it slowly here. Uh, how are uh, you feeling, Terrence? I'm fi- I'm feeling fine. I just had pizza. <laughs> Uh, my my wife managed to uh, overcome s- several days of illness last night to build the strength to go see a, a screening of the film Tomb Raider, and uh, yeah. uh, weirdly that has not sustained her. So we are back to sickness in this house today. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Croft wasn't good enough for her. <laughs> Actually, she was. So, but it's you know it still takes something out of you. There was a it, it was a critic screening, and uh, in Kansas City, there's like a guy here who writes for the New York Times. So they do entire critic screenings what? for him, uh, and then they were like, well, we, we have these large empty theaters, if there's anyone else that's a critic around here. So I'm doing more critic screenings than I ever did in Los Angeles, which is crazy. Uh, but this one that they had last night, they actually uh, treated it like a test audience thing, so they let a bunch of families with kids and stuff in, which is probably Ugh. the way to see Tomb Raider, because if it had just been the two of us and a snooty New York Times guy, I'm not sure I would have liked Tomb Raider as much as I did. Like, let's right. all cheer when she punches a bad man. Like, that's, right. that's, that's more fun than being alone with your thoughts and feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about uh, what does it take to kill a man? What pushes a man to the edge to kill another man? And then what pushes a woman to do the same? What pushes what pushes a woman to kill a man who killed a man on an <laughs> island? Oh, no. We, we've started a classic Terrence bit. <laughs> <laughs> Agatha Christie's What Pushes a Woman to Kill a Man Who Killed a Man. Please... Please let me buy that shirt. <laughs> oh, and, and now the whole family does have Terrence branded apparel. It, it all came in the mail this week. We're excited to do a fashion show of it. I love to walk around with a shirt that says I love dying and being dead and just get looks from people at the bar. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm in for that. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Uh, so the album we're talking about today is the second Dance Gavin Dance album, uh, which is just a self-titled album. Which I, uh, I think we can all agree that uh, a band's second album being their self-titled is uh, shit. I hate when people do this. It <laughs> makes me so mad. But often, well, ta- often what, these are good albums, back, though. <laughs> taking Back Sunday's fifth album, I think, is their self-titled. And then Weezer has like 18 self-titled albums. <laughs> Which has always bugged me because Rivers seems like the guy that wants to put a put put words on everything. Uh, right. So I'm like, it seems like you keep missing the opportunities to to label your stuff, show <laughs> show your work. <laughs> uh, so you've have you ever heard this album before, or you I, haven't? I am so far away from this. I've never seen them on so much as a warped tour flyer. I'm the the. <laughs> The words dance, Gavin, dance, uh, like it's nothing. And I kind of expected, uh, based on the name, that this was going to be like, 
who was the dancey sort of glam band you introduced me to? Uh, I don't, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's, their B-side was Black Man's Breakfast. Oh, Fox used to say I was just like, there's a few bands, and I don't know which ones I've told you about. Yeah, I think yes, in my uh, head, I assumed it was going to be more like this. And you brought me a Blood Brothers, but a Blood Brothers that I have so many questions about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, shoot. Uh, I, I, so... There's there's been a lot of albums that have been a first time thing for me on this podcast, and this is maybe the first album that you've uh, introduced me to, where musically and fundamentally, I do not understand what I am listening to. Like I, <laughs> I, I and and in a very Blood Brothers way, I know that over the years I've had to introduce people to that, and they've been like, "This is a not for me," and I'm like, "Well, on the hundredth time you listen to it, you understand how to do a sort of funny dance to how that guitar riff goes." And it feels like this is all just, it, it taps into several things that we talk about on this show, which includes, I have no understanding of how many guitars are being played at any time. And watching music videos <laughs> for the band has not helped me on this front, because it seems like some of the singers do occasionally have guitars, but then they don't. And then who knows how many singers there actually are, and sometimes people guest, and it seems like maybe it's just everybody's fun jam time in a way that Reggie and the full effect might be, but it's a... It's this band, and like it, it sonically, like it just seems like one guitar is always playing a, a lead guitar solo for us, a different song over whatever else is mm-hmm. happening, and and sometimes it really connects, and other times it does not for me. But I'm like, I I, I know that I would like this if I sunk the time in, uh, right? And then you also forewarned me that the band also just uh, switches up singers sometimes, uh, or or something like that, and. <laughs> Uh, this this album feels a little impenetrable, but I, I definitely enjoy it. And then I hit the point in the middle of this album where you get into stuff like Hot Water on Wool and Uneasy Hearts, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is like the more accessible stuff. Like it finally slows down for a second and they sort of they have a song or two where there's a harmony all of a sudden and they're they're giving each other right. some space to, to do stuff. And I was like this this seems uh, like something I could get really into. And then John Mess hits this bridge where he shouts, I am a million fucking bucks. I have a thousand (laughs) fucking bucks. Your bitch is dead. She was hit by a truck. What the fuck? And I was like, I'm, I'm so out of this now. I don't know what it is. And thanks to genius, somebody explained that this is a reference to the novel, the great Gatsby, where the girl that the two characters (laughs) are fighting over gets ran over by a car. Run over by a car. Let, let's uh, also <laughs> genius. Genius has this wrong because he actually says, "I'm a thousand fucking fucks." <laughs> that's that's so much better or worse. I can't I can't measure like. <laughs> but it's also a point in the song where it's the first time on the album that the two guitars just play the same simple like open chord and i it, there were it, i felt it wash over me just in this like of, of course this is the song that hit because it's the only one that anyone can hear for the first time and fucking understand uh yeah this, so you tell me some of the stuff that i need to know here fill in the gaps in this dna for me so the uh oh good lord so uh the first out they had an ep first which was uh let me see the first EP was called. Uh, it wasn't Downtown, but they hadn't. They didn't EP before. Whatever I say is Royal Ocean was their first EP, which came out in two thousand and six, 
and then they had and then their like first touring album was uh downtown battle mountain and i i saw them play in a church uh with a day to remember alisana and pierce the veil which were other bands that went on to become more popular sorry especially you, you, you saw a day pierce to remember. the veil in a church basement it wasn't a basement. Okay. It was just like a church side room that it was a, it was like a place where bands were, it was like, it was, it was the lower tier of touring band area. Now we don't really have places around here like that, but, uh, I feel like that it entire was a, genre of music and that sort of performance venue thing has been pushed out. Like everyone I knew that liked death from above when they first came out was like, I saw them in a church basement in Ottawa somewhere. And I was like, Right, and I remember seeing touring bands in my town, and I feel like maybe everyone, uh, post the internet being more ubiquitous, uh, woke up to the sort of bands that you can't have in a church. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I saw, I saw them in a church. Uh, Foxy Shazam also played the same church, which uh, <laughs> has now been torn down. It is now a <sighs> grocery store. They put a grocery store over there. Um, but that was like a lot of, that was like a lot of, uh, a lot of time, uh, spent there as a teenager and in my, uh, my early twenties. Um, and it was called club relevant. Um, and it was run by a sleazy pastor. Was the which, T in relevant across? It was not actually. Um, but yeah, the, the pastor was real sleazy and nobody liked him. <laughs> so. Uh, I saw them perform when that album came out and one saw them and the lead singer on that album was Johnny Craig. Now I remember after this album came out, Johnny Craig got in trouble for trying to, what was he doing? He was trying to sell MacBooks. I think he was like getting people to sit. He was scamming people out of money. By like saying, "Hey, I have these MacBooks. You should buy them." And it, that was like the first time I heard about uh, about Johnny Craig's uh, mis misdoings. Uh, I, I love yes, the people in punk rock that have the most boring fucking scams, and like the the less than Jake guy's real estate scam or whatever. There's <laughs> like it these says, are some uh, really fifty year old shenanigans to get into. <laughs> Uh, it says in February 2011, several of Craig's fans accused him of being involved in an internet scam. According to the alleged victims, Craig would claim to be selling a used MacBook through his Twitter account. After accepting an online payment on average between $600 and $800 for the project from at least 16 individuals, Craig was reported to have discontinued communication with the buyers and no MacBooks were ever distributed. He initially de denied the accusations and claimed that his Twitter had been hacked and he had no involvement. However, the following week, it, had, it was announced that Craig had dropped off his current tour with Emma Rosa. He had this was after he was he was uh, not in uh, uh, Dance Game and Dance anymore um, for the first time uh, to enter detox to uh, in order to treat his ongoing battle with heroin addiction. Rise Records and the Artery Foundation assumed financial responsibility for the internet scam and intend to reimburse anybody who is victimized. Uh, some other guy took over. Public apology was issued after his detox treatment was completed on March 8, 2011. Uh, he was then jailed for two counts of uh, narcotics in October, two counts of possession of drug paraphernalia, and one count of failure to appear 
in court uh, after this. Dance Gavin Dance canceled their because he rejoined the band in 2011. Because he did uh, rehab, so he was fine now. Right. And so they canceled the tour and went on hiatus. He was released from jail a few weeks later and was scheduled to enter a court rehabil- rehabilitation facility. Uh, 2012, the tour went on, uh, but without him. Uh, he completed a 30-day... I didn't know. Like After two, after their Mac, MacBook thing, I was just like, okay, I don't need to hear anything else from this man ever again. Did you, that's did real you fucked bring up these guys thing. up before when we went down a rabbit hole of people who'd, who'd been colossal fuck-ups? I feel like the MacBook things rings a bell in that way. Or maybe it's just that every band has this guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, in 2014, he was accused of using narcotics again by an ex-girlfriend. Uh, uh, he said uh, he joined another band. Band broke up. He was still struggling with addiction. That band was uh, called the Heroines, got... uh, so it was <laughs> ill-fated at best. Uh, in 2017... He married a YouTube star named Taylor Nicole Dean. Well, I have no idea who that is. Um, and they're still together as of March 2018. Somebody somebody literally must have just uh, updated this. I don't know. I, I appreciate that the, they gave him a lot of chances. I, I, th- <laughs> I think people can people should be allowed to earn chances. Uh, right. I what I what I appreciate more is that it seems like all of his choices also then stemmed around like social media as if he could just like run away from people that he stole money from. It's like you, you're in a band that posts tour dates. I will know where to find you. Like you're right. You're not just some anonymous account with an anime avatar that, <laughs> that did me wrong. I, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, do you, I told you to, you asked if you should listen to anything, like before this or whatever, right? Um, did you listen to any of those songs from uh, I, I, Downtown Battle Mountain? I did, and then I also went down. Uh, I sent you the music video for for one of these uh, for uh, uh, me and Zolov get Zolo. along just fine, which is yeah. uh, the most two thousand and nine video I've ever seen because it just keeps altering between close up pictures of somebody holding up a kitten, maybe the band, and then the very cute lead singer, and then like the woods as shot through somebody's iPhone. Uh, it's it's fucking. <laughs> It, nothing's ever screamed we were a band on MySpace louder than this. Uh, but then I, I just sort of let it take me down the YouTube rabbit hole of like later music videos and, and live stuff. And one of the places that that led me to is that they have a whole series of in-store recordings that they did acoustically for the, sh- for the store Journeys, uh, which is just the lead singer and the guitarist doing, doing <sighs> cute acoustic versions in like 2017. And I was like, what is what is the path that takes the band that I'm listening to now with an album that's affectionately referred to as Death Star uh, and leads them to being like the Journey's in-house band, just uh, just doing some Weird. chill vibes for some cool shoes. So, yeah, uh, I, I got apparently. to hear the, the, what they're doing all over the place, but then I also wound up in so many sad places. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently... Uh the lead singer on this album on uh, the self-titled he started a band with the lead singer of the fall of troy uh called pushover 
and I listened to a few songs before we recorded and uh, before we started recording, and it's pretty good. And I suggest you. They only have a few songs out, but uh, I think that's something you would you would like. You should Those check out. Those two gentlemen doing a harmony together sounds like uh, something I would be into. <laughs> right. Um, I like uh, Kurt Travis is the lead singer on this one. I like his voice more than Johnny Craig's. Uh, and I like this album more than anything else Dance Gavin Dance did. Like, everything about it, like, even, like, lyrically, it's uh, very heavy, and there's, like, a turning point in the album, which is right around Uneasy Heart's Way the most, where it kind of takes this... Like, it's not to say that before these songs, like, it wasn't heavy, but, like, it kind of... Just like there's like a downslope of just like oh this is what depression sounds like. This, uh, this is a this is a lyrically dark fucking thing from start to finish, and I, and I agree right. that there is a twist there that it gets much darker somehow. And I don't know if it's just been a while since we've taken on something that was genuinely this dark. But about the point that uh, Chino from Deftones shows up and it's one of the lighter tracks. That's a that's a wake up call. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, but still, that one starts off with, is trust really that fucking hard? Um, which is which is some words you can say <laughs> to, to start off a song. Uh, That's yeah, how I say it's... hello to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I greet people, new people in a room. Um, yeah, uh, there's 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 just a lot on this album that is very truthful to a lot of situations it feels like like uh it very it, this very much feels like an album that sounds like a lot of people's early 20s and mid 20s um and it does uh, askew musical norms that would require based on a lot of the stuff we've been listening to lately, even rhyming into couplets, anything like that, they just, yeah, they mostly yell really painfully honest things back and forth. Uh, right. That's, that's, a, that's a lot to pack into 14, 15 tracks. Right. Uh, and it, the like you were saying, the music is, the music isn't like uh, like anything else from like I guess their contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's way more complex than any of the other bands that were kind of floating around in two thousand eight when this album came out. I mean, you still had like Fall of Troy and stuff like that, but like it's uh, nothing else really has like you said. There's there's two guitarists, there's two lead singers. Mm-hmm. So there's John Mess and there's Kurt Travis. Then there's two guitarists. It's a bass guitar. Then there's drums. And so, the guitarists also seem, uh, the, the singers also seem to both occasionally pick up a guitar. Watching live videos of it, I was like, oh, this is what we talked about in our heads of, like, what you imagine staging for Fall of Troy needed to be. Like, four right. guitars on stage to pull off what we're doing. Right. And, and it's all over the place as to what it is song to song. Right. Like, uh... Like I've listened to this album a lot. I don't. I hardly ever listen to music in headphones. So like listening to this in headphones and like you get to hear like the the separation of the like the different guitars and stuff. And it's just like there's a lot. It's an awful lot going on in this album. Uh, and there's like all over the place. It's there's a lot going on. Like uh, right. like even like the first the first track is probably the lightest track that you're gonna get. Alex English. 
Yeah. Um, cause like it ends with, uh, uh, just, uh, put, keep your arms around me and stuff like that. But that's, <laughs> that's the, and then the next track comes in with, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you actually texted me this because it was stuck in your head. Uh, it says, here's the lesson. Stop trying to impress them. The look on her face is like, no, 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 no. It, um, it, it, it feels like a very Blood Brothers line. Uh, right. But, uh, but then it just keeps fucking going down the whole... Right. Like each, each song uh, feels like it's starting from a place and going deeper, and each song progressively starts from a, a darker place in the pit until that weird little... Like, it is, it is one of my favorite mid-album bits of a thing that we've listened to, where it's just like, hey, what if we just, like, took a quick break here and, like, uh, I did a little bit of poetry... <laughs> and now we're sad again. Like it really, right. it's it's got an incredible flow to it in terms of how they arrange stuff and like it. I I really like it. I'm really glad I listened to this. I'm really glad I listened to some of the other stuff. I don't think that this band is gonna be for me out maybe outside of this album. But maybe that's, that's just because yeah. I don't uh, see myself <laughs> sinking much time into their other stuff just say, because it's all over the place. I'll say this band isn't this band isn't anything for me outside of this album. So yeah, I, I feel I very know. comfortable with that. I, I I like this a lot, but uh, it is also a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's 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 a lot to put on your plate, um, which I don't think the other album. Well, I haven't. I kind of. I listened to the album after this happiness and then I didn't really check in with them after that one. Cause Johnny Craig rejoined the band and I don't really care about what, uh, like, I, I don't, what, what do I have to hear him sing about again? Also, uh, they have, uh, just a fuck ton of albums. <laughs> yeah. I feel they, like a lot of the bands uh, that we're revisiting from like this mid thousands period, like have like one album post this or like a couple of things that are small and like, Hey, we did uh, ocean Avenue acoustic. Uh, and they just right. have like eleven albums that came after this. Like this album doesn't right. even show up on the first page of their Google results. And I was like, "Oh wow!" So like they continued to just keep making. <laughs> they just they kept making albums, and I didn't listen to any of them. Um, uh, there's a there's a song on here which is like when you read the lyrics, it sounds kind of childish. Uh, rock solid. It starts off with he's saying the first thing I say in the morning is fuck that shit, which kind of sounds like any other. Like it sounds like it would come from a uh, like a punk band from the eighties. When just I was like, reading it before the song started, I was like, "Oh, here we go into Papa Roach territory." Right, and then like it get like the third the third uh, line in this, I walk myself too much to service and ask for this balance my brain chemicals so I can give a shit. And it's just like, Ugh. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like you just kind of need to lay down. And like the whole song is just it, like, it, there's like a weird, this whole, this whole album is just like, there's like hints of betrayal and like, like broken heartedness. And, depression and like the there's a there's a skit in this song where it's like two dudes like getting in an argument two friends getting in an argument about uh, ostensibly like money problems and stuff like that like like he loaned him some money and he's like like dude where's my money and then they kind of make up at the end of it and uh 
but the song ends with uh like the band chanting raise your hand if the system has missed you your money ain't gone as far as it used to and i'm just like wow that's relevant to a lot and and this is what threw me a little bit because this isn't the only time on the album uh alex english is another example of this too where it's a back and forth between two singers as as criminals uh having a breakdown of this and i don't know where else we see this in like emo music uh right it's certainly not a very uh white guy path to take <laughs> you said it's not a white guy path to yeah take? i i don't know i i feel like it's it <laughs> it feels like these are like closer to like uh like when when it happens in rock music which like you you don't see that often this is more of like something that i see like in a, like a sublime song or something uh-huh. Like, especially just the, I, I guess, uh, some of the, like, I, I mean, even dealing with the concept of crime is is so weird, but to deal with the back and right. forth between two people in, an, in almost in a, in a skit sketch sort of way, mid-song right. isn't something that, like, I you don't see a lot of bands doing that. And I, I, I to have it be a theme throughout this album was so interesting to me. Yeah. The, uh, another thing I found interesting about this album um, is how the singer whether it's john mess or or kurt travis kind of like beats themselves up over each kind of little thing that they that like lyrically like uh a lot of the songs kind of deal with beating yourself up essentially like uh feeling bad about uh uh is is it buffalo yeah buffalo ends with uh, John Mess screaming uh, about, like, he says, uh, basically asking a girl out. And then uh, he says, because I like love and it's no good to me if you don't reciprocate the feeling. If you don't get back, I'm crushed. Like, he literally contradicts himself after he says it. It's just like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't need anything. And it's just like, no, I'm actually crushed and I'll go out drinking. Like... <laughs> which is which is a weird uh honesty that i mean like be, there'll be songs uh, where a band like admits just like oh man this girl hurt my feelings mm-hmm. but no one like has you get you get two different songs you get i had like you get bravado or you get just despair you don't get bravado and immediately followed by despair. Like that doesn't happen in music ever. That's a really fucking good point. Like it's, it's real, it's real weird. And that's one of the reasons I really like this album because it's, it's a more honest approach to kind of dealing with anxiety and, and mental illness and stuff, because I feel like a lot of, a lot of music that deals with mental illness, like deal, like Dealing with mental, like somebody dealing with mental illness is very one-sided of like not, like I said, like you don't deal with the, like some person's bravado and some person's despair. Like you get one or the other, you get the band Hell Yeah, or you get Brand New's Daisy. Oh my God. And I do, I do want to. I, I would like to quantify the thing that I said earlier about how, uh, about how uh, like a, a white guy band doesn't get into this. 
uh, like when I first saw like pictures of Dance Gavin Dance, and especially based on the different like lineups that they have, there is more diversity in this. And so you know mm-hmm. that you're going to get something that comes to the table that isn't uh, MXPX. Uh, and that, that right. excites me just to see, like, I, I appreciate that there is something here that is much more complicated. And it, it actually, I, I'm, I'm drawn to this band and I like that that exists there. Uh, you, you're not dealing with, especially with that when that person is one of the main songwriters, you're not getting this very simple, like, white teen perspective on this because when did they get started they must have gotten started as teens right uh let me see the first well that first album came out in 2006 i wonder who was on that album um because it might have just been let's see like johnny crazy uh i want to see how old they are well no they're about well, let me see. 2005. Yeah, I was 18. They were, they were like 19. Yeah, because so, you can't be like you can't be any older than that and be in 2017 doing videos for Journeys. Like you, you age out of that right. demographic. Right. Um, there's so the end of the end of this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, People, you know, uh, that song. Good lord, that song kind of hits you and doesn't quit hitting you. Um, and it's just like this is the first song that I don't think uh, Kurt Travis's sings on. Like there is no singing on this album. It's literally uh, John Mess screaming through this whole album, or th- through this whole song. Uh-huh. And it's it's like written from the perspective of someone who's like obviously dealing with like uh, drugs and alcohol and like I don't know like the song is so like rough mm-hmm. uh, like there when he, there's a part where the song slows down and he says rancid as the sound of my voice croaking its drama across an orchestra of friendly faces singing along with dying concern which is just like something that to say out loud is basically saying like I know the things I'm saying are shitty then the people who are looking at me appreciate like the people who are looking at me appreciate me so much and they actually have concern for me but I'm a piece of shit and I don't care God. as a, like, as a, as a side note to anyone uh, that likes our show I, I always really appreciate uh, when I can tell on the website genius when it says one other person viewing and I'm like, well, it's just me and Terrence right now reading the people, you know, lyrics <laughs> page. <laughs> like no one else would do this to themselves. Uh, yeah, this, and like, it gets to the, it gets to the end of the song. Uh, where did I have, I had that tab open. Where'd it go? Uh, yeah. Um, like he talks about stuff like, sleeping with your best friend's little sister and like having your parents pay for an abortion and like having your parents pay for like vacations and like getting it says we hold out uh, who has a plan we hold out our hand and I hope for a free ride to successful endeavors like not actually trying but just like like hey like whatever just give me just give me just 
give me the ability to succeed. Like, I don't want to do anything. Just give me the the ability to succeed. But that also and, does sound like I read that when I first listened to it as like uh, the way that you talk when you want your parents to give you money in the same way you would talk if you were trying to get into a college. Uh, we are looking towards uh, in, uh, successful endeavors. Hopefully, right. <laughs> like, yeah. It says I. The line that gets me in the song, he says, I'm too cynical to say I don't give a fuck, which is some, like, in some way I can understand that. Not that I would say that, right. like, <laughs> but I can, I can understand the kind of person who would say that. Right. Like what I was saying in the rest of the song, like he's so deep into his own shit that he's just like, he puts on a face that is so like. Patrick Bateman, like, like folded over ten times on top of itself. (laughs) Where it's just like, I can smile at these people and pretend and, like, be so cynical about smiling at them that I can even say, I don't give a fuck. Like, that's, that's some sort of sociopath that I couldn't imagine being on the level of. This uh, this whole like this song like the song isn't really that long. There's like a secret track at the end of it, which is just uh, "Uneasy Hearts" way the most. Right, it's um, a reprise. Of just that, like right? them yeah. singing this to like this ethereal like guitar and piano, um, but like he after after he says the part about not giving a fuck he says i need money i need clothes i need women i need blow and then he says something is very fucking wrong and it's just like this song is about having a mental breakdown like it it does read like somebody's like uh right before you go into rehab scratching some stuff out in your journal like the right it just and they just set it to music and it's it's so completely devoid of hope Right. Like, uh, the, like I was talking about at the beginning of rock solid where he talks about, uh, uh, not giving a shit, like fuck this, fuck that shit when he wakes up in the morning, but then you get to the end of people, you know, and he says, give my regards to all you shady fucks thorn in my fucking side, which also just like kind of sounds young. Like it sounds like something you've definitely heard somebody yell at a concert at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. Cause they're drunk. And somebody was just like, we got to take you home. And he's just like, no. Ah! And then he just starts yelling. And he, then he repeats loyalty, honesty, trust, respect, humility, sincerity. And then he starts saying, we are all so full of fucking shit. Like just admitting like all of this is, all of this is bad. Like everything is bad. And it's, it's real weird. Like to, to from the song, because like it ends on the darkest, like this, this song ends the album and is the darkest shit on this entire album. I was actually, I was actually thankful during parts of this, that I, I did not have this at the time in my life that this came out. Cause I definitely would have, uh, emailed some of this to a girlfriend or something i was just like oh god what the fuck is wrong with me uh this is you're you're entirely right this is just the bleakest fucking thing and it's the end to one of the bleakest albums i've ever heard right Uh, and and then there's that ethereal piano sort of reprise thing at the end that every emo band of this time at least put some of that in the middle of the album or towards right it was like a middle track they never do 
we never get the real genuine middle trap. We get some stuff that slows down and cleans up a little bit, um, right. but it's equally fucked. So there's, right. there's never a reprieve across 13 tracks. And then when this hits, like I was just like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time coming back from this. And I can't imagine right. if this was something that was in my, my repeat playlist at the time. Like it's just, it's, it's a lot. And it actually yeah. makes me think that like, this is one of those times, one of those few times on the podcast that I'm going to close by saying, I don't know if I can recommend this because you've got to <laughs> be in like a particular place uh, emotionally to be able to handle just what this is doing uh, because there right. is no, there is no like distraction from it. There is no uh, sweet harmony. There is no like just a bitching guitar riff uh, or like cool dance drum thing to ever uh, take you out of what the songs are saying. The songs are saying, what they are saying and there are sounds behind that but there is no escapism and that is uh that is a truly dark thing right uh yeah it's i I really like this like i like this album a whole lot that's why i recommended it uh because i was listening to it like a week or so ago because every once in a while i get a song stuck in my head from it and i'm just like we should do this album and then uh yeah it's 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 a rough it's a rough go ahead and like it's it, but it's massively produced like oh it's all incredible the, but it also like, feels like sounds... what you do when you want to hurt yourself and I I get uh, the music that uh, does that I, I understand right. why you like this I have no questions right. about that <laughs> right it's uh, I feel like it's on the same level as uh, as brand new's Daisy which is just like another album of like there's there's no like. Uh, Devil and God had some reprieve on it, like some songs that could be played on the radio, but like there's, they are, there was a single off Daisy. I can't remember what, which, uh, what song it was, but it's just like, can't really have a single off of this album. Like it's not, it's not so they did have singles. They off had of this four album. singles off of this. And I was like, but how do like, you take that slice of a thing? It's like, I, I just feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, ah, oh, this sounds fine. And then they don't look up the lyrical content of it. It's just like, oh, this is just like literally some guy not having a good time. So that's that's my end of this. I, I recommend yeah. this with the caveat of like, <laughs> uh, take self-care before venturing here. It is, right. it is a thing that I'm sure I will sink more time into late, uh, later. Like it is... It is fascinating to me in a way that, like, A, I don't understand parts of it, and B, it is unavoidable in its emotional impact, and I find that, like, something worth really digging into. But, right. uh, you know, I, I think we just, we, we walked you through the last song on the album, and, and nothing is brighter or happier or going to make you feel any better than that, and it does just feel like the scrawlings of somebody right before they either get help or die. So, right. keep that in mind. <laughs> Right, it's the opposite of uh, it's the opposite of Curse of Staying Alive. It, it, I had the thought, I didn't say it out loud. Yeah, if if you were gonna end something with at least something hopeful at the end to get you through, this is uh, the choir singing "fuck off." Uh, there's the yeah, there's nothing here for you. <laughs> it's uh, it's the end of Evangelion to Curse's episode twenty six of regular <laughs> Evangelion. Which ends with Shinji accepting himself and moving on with his life, while the end of Evangelion is him uh, cursing the world to die. So, why does anybody listen to me when I talk? Because you're America's most beautiful boy. 
so man. your recommendation uh, is people do check this out. Yes, uh, do check this out. Um, brace yourself. Uh, if you if you're not if you're not a uh, if you're not someone who listens to a lot of like post hardcore or I, like I want to call this post hardcore because it does share some of the same uh, um, like DNA, but also it's not right. Like there's a whole lot going on here. Um, so I would say it's almost easier to get into post hardcore because it's, it's so not just one thing, but also tread lightly. Uh, lightly. Maybe <laughs> if you, if you don't, if you don't understand what he's saying, it's better to listen to. Um, but uh, yeah. Terrence, uh, where can I, people find you online? <laughs> I am at the black nerd everywhere except for Instagram. I am at Brock Wilbur everywhere. Uh, please like, review, and rate our show. And also uh, follow us on Twitter at Coolest Kids Pod. And Brock has another show called Missouri Loves Company that he does with his wife. His wife. <laughs> um, Great ending point. Uh, and then I've got a t-shirt store you can find on my Buy those t-shirts and uh, support Terrence because he does our, our tagline perfectly at the end of the show. Which is, <laughs> we are the coolest kids and we take what we can get. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Next to nothing, and oh my God, I like her. Like, yeah, I heard you like her.